it's not comfortable at all. Because, because, well, just today, the heat, the air, there's a condenser broke, and we, we apologize. We have some fans, um, we have some fans spinning some stuff around here. Uh, this is actually not just for me, it actually is going kind of like this. Uh, but here, here's the deal, I, was, I, I heard a sermon this week from a guy that's my age. Now that has no relevance, other than he's my age and he's the president of the International Mission Board, globally. His name is David Platt, if you've ever read Radical, it was him. He talked all kinds of up and down all over me. You ever had a sermon like that? Good, I appreciate it. No, I'm just kidding. No, listen, listen. David, I was sitting there listening to what kind of uncomfort and discomfort it took, it takes to share the gospel throughout the world. And we put up with a couple different degrees in here. I mean, seriously, this is the land that we live in. I told somebody yesterday, we have trouble with, with suffering because we can go to Wendy's and we have this whole thing to pick from. Almost like we're entitled, okay? And now the people in this story, we're going to see this word entitled come back up. It's going to come back up. Almost this feeling of empowerment. You owe me. Man, when we start talking about the kingdom of God, God doesn't owe you anything. Now, this is hard to hear, okay? This is hard to hear. But before we get started, I want to say welcome. If you have your worship handout. Now, somebody that handed you this may have hurried you into the door this morning. That's okay. We just wanted to keep the bought air in, okay? We're, all right? So if you turn to the middle, that's going to be, the, that's going to be the, the sermon notes that we're going to take. But if you open it one more, you can read this. Okay, you can read it on your own. Connections looking for a new Kids Rock leader that's got some, some stuff in there. Uh, what, you can contact me I can, or a lead team member. I can let you know uh, what we're going to be looking for uh, as far as uh, what you need to do if you're interested in that. But please prayerfully consider that. We, we are, it shows you right here who, who we're looking We're looking for a person that is passionate about serving the children and the families of Connection. We wouldn't do anything else than that. Our kids program is, is a great program. Um, we, we're seeking to, uh, for a person that can recruit, train, and encourage Kids Rock volunteers. Um, this is a paid position, so please, if you, if you are interested in that, if you think God's leading you to that, you come see me, and I'll tell you what, what you can do. But, but first, before we all get started, welcome to Connection this morning. My name is Matt. Nice to meet you. If I haven't met you, I want to meet you. Talk to me after church, okay? I'm so glad that you're here. I'm very excited that you're joining us on the third edition of the rest of the story. No, I'm not Paul Harvey. Okay? I did. I am old enough to have heard Paul Harvey, okay? All right? But... What we're doing is we're taking a look this summer at some of the parables that Jesus taught through, and we're, we're, ta- we're trying to put them into a 2016 context, which is very difficult. Because sometimes when you scrape off, the, you, we really like the surface story, don't we? Oh, well, yeah. If I was the guy that was hired last, I love this story. When you get to the deep part that Jesus was really talking, we're talking about being in, persistent in how we hear what Jesus says, we, we dig. If you go to a church that they tell you to shut off your mind, don't go back. I don't mean that in disrespect to any church here in this county, in this church, in this country, in this world. But if you go to a church that's, that tells you to just shut off your brain and believe everything that somebody tells you, that's wrong. We're going to look at what Jesus says. We're not talking about a, a guy. Okay? Speaking of guys, happy Father's Day. Yeah, all right. Yeah. If you're a father, a future father, a father to kids that are not biologically yours, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day if you are the father or if you are an uncle. If you're the father of your neighbor kids. 
Uh, I grew up, I didn't have just one sibling, literally. Our house was full all the time. We had neighbor kids that came in. And later in life, what we found out is my, my mom and dad sought to be those parents because they knew a different story that was going on at home. If that's you, please don't disregard that. Well, I don't have any biological children. Let me tell you something. Some of those kids that I have seen taken into different homes, God has used those parents, those kind of adoptive parents, those fathers and mother figures, to grow men and women that are doing phenomenal things for Christ today. Don't... Don't, don't belittle yourself in thinking, oh, well. And you say, well, I'm not too good at that. Start today. Find a neighborhood a guy or a girl, a young person. Put into them. I'm excited for you today to be here because the message that I'm going to preach could change your life. Now, if you're from Connection, you know that's not an egotistical statement. If you're not from Connection, please let me explain that. The reason that this sermon can change your life is not because I wrote it. It's because it's from the Word of God. And God's Word can transform our life. See, we're going to dive into something today that is not easy. I heard some stuff this week. Man, it's, it drove me to tears. I'm going to share some of that stuff with you. There's no greater need than right now. And there's no better time than right now. That if you're a teenage man, if you're a teenage boy, if you're a young boy, if you're, if you're a new husband, if you're a new father, if you're an old father, if you're an old husband, there is no better time than for you to stand up for Christ right now. Because we lack men. We have men that want to go to the gym and they want to get huge on steroids and get woo strong. But we don't have guys that are strong enough to hit their knees and say, I'm that strong. It's, I told you this wasn't easy to hear. Look at me, I'm already crying. This is difficult. This is difficult because I put myself into this scenario. I, I just asked God, God, what do you want me to hear? You know what He told me? It's very simple. He's telling you the same thing. I want you to be who I created you to be. If you seek me enough, I'm going to turn you into that person. Turn you into the person to lead your wife, to lead your two daughters, to lead other people that you counsel with, to lead those people by example. No pressure. I know. That's what I thought. No pressure. Because we're human. How about this? I told you there's not, not a need more than today. If you're a guy, I really want you to listen to this today. And if you're a woman, please don't, a woman, please don't push mute. Because you have some stuff here today. Look, I heard this week some very hard information to hear. And I wrote it down specifically like this. So I can quote him. You ready? Some states in the United States of America are approaching a percentage of lostness that we have, never, we have never seen before. Except maybe when they were settled. Listen, Connection will be involved with, with, with global mission, missions someday. But right now, every time that you go to Walmart, just in Mount Vernon, every time that you go to Walmart, three out of four people don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ that you come in contact with. How about this? In the state of Texas, they're approaching almost 2% are followers of Christ. There are some states that are approaching 90% lostness. That's 9 out of 10. That's not 3 out of 4. I'm not that good at math. 9 out of 10 is worse. Think about that. 
I don't say this to encourage you, or I don't to, to upset you, but I say this to encourage you. How did you just give us all of this bad, horrible, no good news? And it's to encourage us. Huh. I met a man this week who is some kind of superhero as far as writers in, in Christian literature. And he wrote a book, and I bought his book, and I, and I went and I, and I met him, and he signed the front. And I told him what the things that were going on in connection, and he about jumped out of his chair. He goes, you're seeing this kind of stuff, and you're not in a metropolitan area. I said, yeah. He said, almost nine years old, to see the things that you guys are getting to see is beyond not normal. I said, I know. He got really excited. And when I told him that I used, I said, man, one of these books we teach, we, we, we put into people's life. We teach them about this missional church that we have. And he got really excited. And if you're into Christian literature, this will mean something. If not, you need to Google him. But right after I got his autograph, I said, thank you, Mr. Ed Stetzer. I really appreciate what you did. <laughs> Just Google him. Not now. Okay. He said, never has there ever been a time that we need to be more Christ-like whatever we do. I also heard him preach. He said this, we must take the gospel of Jesus to Kroger, Walmart. I interrupted this. GT, Walgreens, I don't care where you go. Playground, uh, Veterans Park, Summersville Park, Slide, or Merry-Go-Round. I don't care where you go, but take Christ with you. Our job is to not force Christ on anybody. Our job is to not line somebody up and take a really good inner half 2-0 pitch, just smoke them in the head with our Bible. That's not what we're due. But it takes the men and women that will pray. It takes men and women that will get this vision inside them. And we will take this to them in the form of relevance. In the form of, of God's love meaning something relevant in their life. Displaying love, showing affection, showing compassion. If you, have, if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 20. Guys, before, before we get into this scripture, I want, to, I want to say one more thing. Being Father's Day, dads, grandpas, uncles, brothers, cousins, whatever you are, future husbands, God needs us to stand up and become the men. Become. You don't ever get there. You're supposed to try to become like Christ. If you start to become like God wants you to be, you will see that in your life. You will see how God expects you to act, what He wants, you, how He wants you to lead. Look at Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to read straight through this. So if you don't have your Bible, I'm going to give you a really good context of this story. Look on, look on the screen. It says, For the kingdom of heaven... Is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. Now we say, well, we've already heard this in the video. I want you to hear it again. Listen. Verse 2. He agreed to pay the normal wage and sent them out to work. A normal daily wage. Number 3. Verse 3. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever he, what was right at the end of the day. So they went to the work in the vineyard. At noon, and then again at three, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked, why haven't you been working today? And they replied, because no one has hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. 
Then those hired at five o'clock were paid, each receiving a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too were paid only a day's, a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. That's going to come into play. Look at verse 12. Those people worked only an hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us for working all day in the scorching heat. Verse 13. He answered one of them, Friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I want to pay this last worker the same as you. In verse 15. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? I mean, there's all kinds of sharp things, uh, you know, have face, insert shovel. There's some sharp, sharp stuff here. Very, 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 very sharp. And we read on the, on the outside, and this is what we see. The landowner's a jerk. <laughs> He's a jerk. I would never work for him. So, see, we would look at this and we say, I would never work for him in the morning. I'd go find him about noon. I'd go find him about 5 o'clock. Yep, I can get a full day's pay. Now, we don't see this unless we peel this back and look at this. Now, how would you feel if you were hired at the end of the day? And you still got paid the full day? Remember, see that guy? And there's very few people around this area doing what we do that make $75 an hour. If you're some kind of like double time and a half, maybe. Maybe, maybe you see that. But $75 an hour, that guy said, I didn't make that, that much an hour my entire life. I've never made that much money. So what would you feel if you came in and worked the very last hour of the day and you still got paid that? Man, that'd be incredible. But how would you feel if you'd been hired at the beginning of the day and you still received the same amount but you worked more? This, listen, this is where our first world problems come into play. We think in our little minds that we deserve more. We expect more. We have to get more because that's what's fair. When Jesus spoke to His disciples, the, right before He left this earth, <laughs> Jesus never said anything about following Him being fair. I've checked. Not that I'm a biblical scholar, but I've checked. I really wanted to see that. I wanted to say, hey, this has got to be fair. I want Jesus to be fair to me. In fact, Jesus was so unfair, He said, no, actually, you guys are going to actually give up your life and you're going to die because you love me. You want to hear something really sharp? I heard this this week. They're referencing what, what goes on in America and, and the attacks and the shootings and the things... And then, we, and then we went back to Scripture and we studied how, how Paul wouldn't quit sharing the Gospel even though what was going around him geographically was going on. The same thing. God's church won't quit. It hasn't yet. Well, what's it been through? I don't know. Jerusalem was captured. <laughs> the fall of Rome. All, the, all these things. It, kept, it keeps going. I want you to hear I want you to hear what this says this morning. Because we, we see all we see is fair. 
Now we can, we can, but see, we do this in our spiritual life too. We don't think, we don't just say, well, I'm, I'm jealous because he or she does this, or he or she has this, or he or she has this. Watch this. Look, look, look in your first blank in your worship handout. Look at this. Read this with me. Or you don't have to read this with me. Just fill in the blank. Here you go. Do you find yourself keeping score when it comes to blessings? Do you ever wonder why others have things that you don't? Now, don't answer this out loud. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer it for you. You ready? Yes. You want to be really honest today? We're going to get really honest with ourselves. You don't have to answer out loud. I'm going to tell you my answers. <laughs> Do you find yourself keeping score when it comes to blessing? Yes. Why? I don't have a camper. Somebody else has a camper. Well, I only have a boat with a 25 horse motor. I, want, I saw a guy on Rin Lake the other day. He had like a 350 VMAX on. I, it launched his boat. I have no idea how fast it would go. But I would like to find out. We were, as, we, as, we, as we were, you know, this is, this is the speed in which we were going. Almost smell. Speed of smell, okay? We were like, hmm. You know, like this, me and, me and my buddy. And I was very fortunate. I got to go out on the lake for a couple hours with a, with a friend of mine. We were going, hmm, a couple weeks ago. And we're like, hmm. And all of a sudden we hear this. Hmm. I thought it was Indy cars. And I'm like, whoa. We got to catch up to that guy. And my buddy goes, yeah, right. He goes, I don't have any jet fuel. I'm fresh out. Listen, we keep, don't, see, that's, that's comedy, but don't we see that in ourselves? God, why do, they, why do you bless them? They, they're a punk. God, spiritually, they're a punk. You know it and I know it. They're a punk. We say these things to ourselves. It's okay. You can say, no, I don't. I know the truth. You know why? Because I'm a human. We're all broken people. At some point, you find yourself keeping score. Well, gosh... This sickness has invaded our family. But look at them. We try to do everything we can for God. But look at them. See, we're, we're caught up on fair. We're really caught up on fair. If, we, if you were with us last month, you took, we heard that song, Though You Slay Me. And in the middle of that recording, we didn't do that part, but if you look at that song on YouTube, John Piper speaks about suffering. And he says, It's all useful. It's all useful. He said, I don't care if you have cancer when you're 40. I don't care if you lose. Everything is useful to bring glory back to God. But we, we really, we do. We're guilty of this. We keep score when it comes to blessing. This is very hard. Some of you are going to leave this door and go, it was hot in that sanctuary and Matt is just wacko. Sorry. See, this is, this is what I was thinking. I wasn't being a smart aleck, and I wasn't trying to be a jerk. And if you heard me do this, then I apologize. Please, seriously. We said, well, it's going to be hot in here. I said, yeah, one of the condensers went down. But then I heard this from somebody that goes to connection. Well, I guess I just need to suck it up today. Right on. We have first world problem with air conditioner. I mean, really, seriously. Yes, it's out of our comfort zone. We don't like to be hot. We don't like to be cold. I like to be right in the middle. But then only... Watch this. I'm going to keep score of our blessings. Really? Ready? It's a little bit warm in here. Praise God in heaven. It's not Thursday's weather right now. We would all be medium rare. All of us. See, now, this is like a convection oven. He's catching a lot of sun. But listen, we keep score, don't we? We, we? we try to say, God, this isn't fair. Why do you, why do, you do this? Look at verse 1. Look at verse 1 in, in chapter 20. 
It says this, for the, for the kingdom of, God, of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and he sent them out to work. Now this is great. The kingdom of heaven was seeking people. This is so beautiful. The kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early. What is this saying? The landowner went out early. What is he doing? He was looking for us. Last week I called you pearls. You remember this? You remember this? It was, it was the... the this is such a beautiful thing. Don't, don't, please don't miss this. God is seeking you. Think about this. You think about what, what is in your life, and I have this too. What's, what's behind the scenes in your life that you've been through, gone through, and you say, well, this would completely negate me from having any relationship with God. You're right. If it's sin, you're right. And then they'll see this. Jesus talking says, no. He goes, the kingdom of God is coming for you. He sought to hire people. And this is a huge deal. He went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. In verse 2, he agreed to pay the normal wage and sent them out to work. Some of you that have been with us in our parable scene, we think, well, the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. In this story, the kingdom of heaven is the landowner. Hey, this is God. This is, I want, now think about this. Jesus is literally talking about himself right here. He's speaking, these, 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 these stories are going right over their head. And he says, listen, I've been searching for some of you for a long time. I'm not going to quit chasing you. Maybe God had to chase you a long time. I feel you. So Jesus come, keeps comparing the kingdom of heaven to things that are relevant in this culture. How is it relevant? They had vineyards. They had war- there, was, there was unemployment and there was employment. Listen, this is relevant. They understand this. This would be normal to happen. In verse 2, he says normal wage. Now, what norm- normal wage? Minimum wage? Watch this. This worker, this landowner, paid them the equivalent of a Roman soldier. This is not minimum wage. This is, this is good Okay, a denarius was a good day's pay. It was good. Just reference it to the $75 in the video. Listen, I know some of you are like, well, I can't support a family and make $75. Listen, take that out. Say you're 16 and you're throwing hay. Anybody feel my pain? Ever done that? Hey, amen. Yeah. (laughs) It would be really fun to do on Thursday, wouldn't it? No. (laughs) See, it's another blessing. Did anybody... I don't want to ask that. Maybe somebody had to. So, anyway, we won't ask that. Verse 3. Look at this. At 9 o'clock in the morning, they started... Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Some people, especially students that I taught, and I can pick on them, they have no idea that 6 a.m. is actually on the clock. <laughs> They're good with 6 p.m. <laughs> And if there's a camp or something, they may know what 8 is. But listen, 9, nine o'clock in the morning is already in their third hour. They started at 6. Some of you are like, mm, 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 mm. I didn't know if I was going to make my neighbors mad the other day. I was on Thursday. And I, listen, I, I mean this with love. I, didn't, I really didn't care. <laughs> I knew Thursday was going to hit, you know, 178,000 degrees. So I began mowing my yard at 6.58 a.m. You know Why? It was a heck of a lot cooler. There was a lot more shade. Okay? So I wanted to get out and get it done. But these guys got out, got it done. And 9 o'clock in the morning, 
the landowner was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. He keeps coming back looking for more people. Watch this. He's not satisfied until he could get everybody. You know why? The kingdom of heaven, in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world. Not, a whole, not 15 people, not 144,000 people. John 3, 16 says, Everybody. So the landowner keeps coming back. Come back. I want you to work. So at 9 o'clock, look at this. Verse 4, so he hired them. And he told them, telling them he would pay them for whatever was right at the end of the day. Now, what are they thinking? Well, we're getting done at, get done at 5. So, you know, prorated out, you know, minus 3 hours. So I'll get, I'll get 67.50. Maybe. Actually, we have no idea. He just said well, he's going to pay them what was right. What was right? Now, I want to ask you something. If you could get spiritual checks in the mail, what would right be? I told you that this was sharp. And I don't like this because I get these sermons preached to me before I preach them to you. And I'm thinking, oh, they might not like this. And God says, I don't care. Listen to me. Listen, we expect, God, I need a spiritual check of 500,000. And God says, you don't understand the way that I work, do you? He went in the third hour of the day and he just says, I'm going to pay you what's right. Look at verse 5. So they went to work in the vineyard. Now notice this. This is, this is, this is a big time statement. So they went to the work in the vineyard. This is, here's the deal. <laughs> There's one word here. If you want to write on top of that, verse 5. Watch this. It's obedience. So they went to work. God, show me what you want me to do. Okay, cool. Shoom. And he went. Okay, now look at this. Now they, they got hired at nine. Man, all right. Got a job today. At noon. And again at three, he did the same thing. Are you kidding? Now, some, of you, some of you say, this guy is not a good boss. He was in town at nine, noon, three, and five. He was not supervising well. This, this is all about God seeking us all times, all the time. He never quits. He never quits. At 5 o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw more people standing around. And then he asked this question, why haven't you been working today? Why haven't you been working? They replied this, because no one hired us. Then the landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. 12, 3, actually 9, 12, 3, and 5... And he says, I'll just give you what's right. Okay. They're obedient. They said, okay, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it. Look at verse 8. That evening he told the foreman, probably the guy that was supervising while he went to town, okay, in the story. So that evening he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. Now, some of us just got really irate in ourselves looking at this scripture. Those people shouldn't be first. have to let her out when I'm driving? How about this? I'm going to get under a lot of people's skin right here. You talk about a relevant story. You're driving down the interstate with one lane closed, and it's closed in a mile. And you're in the slow lane, and this, this dude comes flying up, get as close as he can to those barriers. Blink, blink. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you have had really bad thoughts towards that person. I'll laugh with you. Me too. There's that guy. What, see, listen, spiritually this is the same thing. What do, 
What does he think we owe him? He can just go to the front of the line. He doesn't have to wait and turn. See, we, we don't like the last being served first. And we don't like the first being last. It's, this, is, this is tough for us. Look at verse, look at verse um, 10. He goes on. It says, When those hired first came to get their pay. See, when, the, when these guys, the last people came in, they'd been working an hour. Listen, they may not have even been sweating real good. You know, you ever work beside somebody and... You, and, and maybe, maybe you sweat on a relatively same level and you look over at them and they're not sweating and you realize that they've taken three breaks and you haven't taken one. And what goes through your head? It's not fair. It's not fair. I should be getting paid more than them. It's not fair. 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 We, we play this game of fair. And God says, listen to me in this story. Look at verse 10. So, and they get a full day's pay. So in verse 10, it says, when those hired first, 6 o'clock a.m. crew. Huh? Now some of you are like me, and you would ra- I, man, I would rather get up and work a job at 5 or 6 in the morning and be done early than, than start a day late and get done late. I, just, I like getting up. Uh, maybe it's because I hunt. I don't know. I like getting up early. But these first people came in. They assumed they would receive more. <clears throat> Can you imagine... All right, man, it's time for you to come in. Oh, and you've been talking with your buddies all day. Man, he's been adding people all day. And we have been out here working since 6 a.m. And you come in there, he goes, here's the scenarios. I said, what? I deserve like five of these. I came in first. See, see we, we just expect this, don't we? God, have you seen what I'm doing for you? I don't want this to be a gigantic newsflash to you. And I do not want this to hurt your feelings. But you have to understand this. There should be no way in this universe that any of us should even be able to talk to God. So when He decides that He wants to use us, what is our place to even be in that same argument? We don't have it. God, this is not fair. I have this going on and this going on and blah, blah. And He says back to you and I, different in our different relevant situations, He says, are you seeking me with everything that you are? And if we can answer yes, then he says, good. What do you mean good? <laughs> what do you mean good? Where's the payout? Is there a lever? Is there a lever somewhere that I'm missing? God says, listen, I didn't say anything about being fair. Because to enter into the kingdom of heaven <laughs> at all is above any resume that you and I could even put on paper. The fact that we get to have that relationship with God, the fact that we could get to just work an hour for Him, should just let us rejoice. See, this, this, is, this is so big in here. If we just read it really fast, we're going to miss it. Look at verse 11. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into the protests that you can see on TV today. I'm talking about something much worse. I don't care, I don't care who you vote for. Okay? Ask God who you should vote for. That's who you should vote for. End of story. Now watch this. Some of you are going, that was a smooth move. Now listen, I'm not going to talk about it. Listen, 
They protested. Have you heard the song? On, it's on a Facebook video. It says, Good morning America, what offends you today? Not lying, it's there. Good morning America, what offends you today? How about, what if we ask this question? Good morning God, I'm here to serve you. What offends you about my life yesterday that I can fix today to be more like your son today? You want to talk about an impossible question to ask. To get right. You can't answer it right. You say, I can give you everything that I have. And God says, that's all I want. All I want is everything you have. Wait a minute. This is not a right, this is not a good equation. I'm not giving a full day's pay to get a full day's pay. This is not a right. I'm giving you everything. And Listen, the fact that God allowed you to wake up this morning and breathe is a big deal. If you want to talk about what we talk about in Romans chapter 3, what we owe God because we sin, you being able to breathe is an okay thing. Because it says the wages of our sin, the payment that we should get for our sin, is death. That's final. Yet, we're living. We breathe. Okay? Some of you are breathing right now. Some of you get that later. (laughs) Maybe you're not breathing. (laughs) Look at verse 12. Those people... Uh, This is the guy that complains. He says, those people worked only one hour and you've paid them just as much as you paid us and we worked all day in the scorching heat. There's two things he says. We've worked all day and it was hot. We've worked all day and it was hot. Look at the next blank on your worship handout. It says, the workers received payment that was more than fair. They received the same pay as a Roman soldier did. The only thing the first man could do is to complain. Now this is, this is huge. I didn't, I didn't make this personal. If you want to put yourself into this story and you put yourself as this first man, have we ever done this? Yes, we all have. All we want to do is complain. We want to say, ah, God, this isn't fair. You realize that God allows these things to come into our life to change us and to make us more like His Son? Now, this is, just a, this is just a standard general joke, church joke. I don't pray for patience because then God's going to give it to me, right? Listen, we, this is not, it's not about us being comfortable. Now, I wrote this sermon two weeks ago. I have no idea the condenser was going to go out in the sanctuary. God has, I'm telling you, God has a sick sense of humor, doesn't He? He's like, well, I'm going to make you a little bit comfortable so you really get this. I'm just really glad I wore shorts. <laughs> Now listen, we, all we do is complain. And, I, and I, I thought, man, you know what? I don't like our people to be uncomfortable. I want it to be nice and cool in here. Because that's comfortable. And yet I was challenged this week. And I saw a guy, one of the most passionate pastors I've ever seen in my life. And he stood like this. And he said, there's nothing comfortable in this thing. In fact, the whole New Testament, the disciples and Jesus call people to give their whole life. Don't complain. <laughs> hmm. What business is it of ours to argue and complain with God? You ever had this argument with God? Let's, let's, let's just do a scenario one. Dear God, it's me, Matt, I'm praying. Like God doesn't know it's me. I mean, think about this. This guy spoke the universe into existence. It's me, God. Yeah. You live at 1113 Bel Air in Mount Vernon. I know how many hairs, it's less now, are on your head than when you were 16. I know everything about you. 
I know the hidden stuff that you have in your life. I know the stuff that you're working on. I know the stuff that I've brought you out of that you've given me in your life. I know the things that you've done good. I know the things that you've done bad. And all I said was, hey God, it's me, Matt. Yeah, I know you. You ever take into consideration that you're talking to a person, an almighty creator of everything person, that knows every single thing about you? That might change your conversation. How about this? God, I'm not a good person. Watch his reply. I told you last week, of there, was, there was God says, put all your stuff in a bowl, give it to me, I'll give you Jesus, and he calls it fair. There was somebody that put it on Facebook, and it was just really, probably better than I said it. It was really cool. But God calls that a fair equation. When we understand that what we do and what we deserve is death, those complaints just go out the window. They do. David Platt writes in the book Radical in the very first chapter. I talked about this yesterday with a friend of mine. It's called The Puddle of Tears. If you've never, if you've never read Radical and you want God to just jump all up and down over you, read Radical. David Platt is not Jesus, but he talks about him. <laughs> and he get in there and he says, A Puddle of Tears. And what it is, it was a silent church where the gospel was being presented where it was completely illegal. It was an abandoned house. And people begin to come into that house at the very early parts of the morning and they would trickle in throughout the day till the very, very late parts of night. You know why? Because if they got caught meeting together, they were going to jail at the least. And these people would enter in, hardly a word was said, and they immediately fell to their face. And they, were, they had little bitty pieces of pages of Scripture that they would memorize. It didn't matter what it was. It could have been a Leviticus 4. It doesn't matter. It was God's Word. And they went in there and they immediately would just fall down on their face. And He said, I had no choice but to join these people. I just felt so compelled by the Spirit to pray with these people. And He said, we, we, we laid in a circle on our face. And you want to get really uncomfortable on a dirt floor where it was illegal to share the gospel of Christ. And he said, I laid there and I began to just feel the Spirit overwhelm me about what kind of, what kind of, what kind of complaining that I do. That these people are coming out of their house just to corporately worship with each other. And he said, when we got up, he goes, I have no idea how long I was praying. An hour or two, I have no idea. We stood up and I looked around the dirt and there was a puddle of water that had come from the tears of men crying for their families and for God to move in their country. If we could ever get like that, you would see a great awakening in America like you've never seen before. You would see your, your family come to Christ. You would, see, you would see your neighbors come. You would see people just become so passionate. Guys, it starts with us. I had a friend of mine, he really, he really liked to push this issue. He was very sarcastic about it and he was very incorrect. He had one verse underlined in his Bible. It says, it says women submit to your husbands. And I talked to him one day about that. I was really convicted about it. I talked to him, I said, have you ever read the part in that scripture that talks about the guy? You're to lead. Well, I don't know. I said, let's, let's rewind. Let's look at the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3 where, where man falls and they sin. Oh, it's the girl's fault. She ate the apple. Wrong, husband. It says Adam was with her. And if Adam had been the man that God created him to be, he would have said, no, that's wrong. Lead. We have to lead. But instead we get caught up with this. Uh, so some of you are saying, I mean, you're getting really fired up and it's really hot in here. It's okay. I'll let you out by at least one. We'll just have 11 o'clock. Join us. <laughs> Listen, the only thing the first man can do is complain. It is so easy to complain. 
Here you go. You want relevance in complaining? <laughs> Trains, Mount Vernon. Oh, like I say. I don't see anybody stopping the tracks going, thank you, Jesus. I got stopped at this track. Somebody would think they're clinically insane. If, if Mighty to Save was on 90.9 or 89.7 or whatever, Mighty to Save was on by Hillsong, and somebody cranked it up, and he just opened the door, and they stood right by, not right by the train, but, out, but right beside their car going, you are Mighty to Save, and you're talking about a train. They're, they're stuck in a train. I would call the cops, say, hey, there's a person that's clinically nuts. They're thanking God for this train in front of us. The thing is, we like to complain. The hard thing is to not complain. Look at verse 13. He answered one of them, Friend, I haven't been unfair. This is the landowner going on back. Listen, I haven't been unfair. Why hasn't God been unfair? You have an opportunity to receive something that you don't deserve. Can you imagine? <laughs> Think of You know yourself, don't you? If, if I gave you a notebook, if you gave me a notebook, I'll put myself in this line. You gave me a notebook, said write down every bad thing that you had. I need another notebook. Actually, I need about a truckload of them. You know yourself. You know that you don't deserve anything. And when the landowner seeks you and he says, Hey, I gave my son so that you can have this. The landowner says, I haven't been unfair. In fact, I've been more than fair. But, 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 that's all we want. But, but, I want a boat. With a 350 VMAX. No, I don't. I have nowhere to store a boat. That's not being responsible. Now what? Look at this. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? They were complaining and they already knew what they got paid. How well does this work in your job? Just think about this. Tomorrow morning, you go into work. You get out at the end of the day and you've prorated what you, are, what you make. At the end of the day, you, you've got it down. And you go in and you say, I deserve more than this. Some of you will be looking for a job Tuesday. We already know. Listen, and God says, listen, I'm not being unfair. Look at verse 14. He says, take your money and go. We said, well, that's pretty sharp. God's allowed to be sharp. He's given you the opportunity to heaven. So he says, take your money and go. I wanted you to pay this last worker the same as you. Watch this. This is This is unbelievable. This parable has nothing to do with rewards. Boats, campers, trailers, houses, cars. I don't care. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with God's grace. It's beautiful. There's never been a more pretty picture ever painted in this world than for me to bring this junk and I get on my knees at the feet of the cross and He says, This one's with me. This sinner, this guy, He doesn't deserve to even speak to me, but I'm giving Him heaven. Oh, man, I can't wait to get there. I know you're saying, well, you're 36. I know. When is the last time that you woke up and said, man, I am one day closer to perfection. Think about that. One day in front of eternity, worshiping God. That doesn't get you excited. It's crazy. Listen, we get to spend eternity, but God says, you don't get what you deserve. I gave you Jesus, took your stuff. I call it fair. So I need you to work. Some of us have been in the... In the in, listen, this is, what this, make, this is what this means. Some of us have been in this mission field called the world for a long time, longer than others. And when somebody sneaks in at the very last moment, moment we think, 
Well, they don't have all the stuff that I have then. Man, look, they even had a fast car until the day they died. I never got one. Listen, God is talking about seeking people into the kingdom of God. <sighs> the fact that He even gives us this opportunity. Look at the last blank on your worship handout. Look at this. We're all broken people. Maybe you didn't hear me. We're all broken people. We are messed up. Caution. If you are visiting connection, even if you're not sitting next to someone, like right next to them, you are in the same room. I'm going to say this really quiet so no one hears me. You're sitting in the same room as some people that are really messed up. You've been listening to one for the last 40 minutes. Somebody says, well, church is all about hypocrites. I said, hey, we have a church full of hypocrites. Would you like to come with all of us? Now, some of you are like, well, don't speak for me. Okay, listen, we're all broken. We all are receiving God's forgiveness and grace is not something we deserve. You do not have a resume good enough to apply to talk to God. You don't. The only way that your resume gets is if it's stamped in the blood of Christ and then God recognizes you as his own. He justified and sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ. Look at this. It says, instead of fussing or arguing, shouldn't we rejoice? Instead of that, listen, it's on a spiritual game. That guy that flies down this lane and just lives life and then he goes, I need Jesus right before I die. Should we not rejoice that he doesn't have to spend an eternity separated? I told you that I heard... I heard some just extremely unbelievable preachers this week. It was, it was a great time. And I talked to somebody, they said, did you have a good time this week? I said, I've never been more challenged in my entire life. It is tough to sit there. There's a little bitty spot on the bottom of your, of your thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover this really quick. If you want to take some notes. Talking about dads. Talking about what we need to do. And David Platt gets up. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. He gets done with this sermon. He could have took the microphone and went. And walked off stage. It was unreal. Because all he did was edify Christ. Watch this. I'm going to go through the acrostic of gospel. This is what we have to take to Walmart in a very relevant way. Listen to this. God's character. God's character, and I can give you this later. It's all loving and He's a merciful God. Otherwise, He wouldn't let people in in the last lane in the last second of their life. He's merciful. He's been merciful to me. I can't even explain to you how merciful He is to me. But, He will not let the guilty go unpunished. He's fair. He's just. In the O, it's the offense of sin. Man's rebellion against God separates us from Him. If you get the wages of what you do, it's death. That's it. Paul says it very, very plainly in Romans 3. He says the wages of sin is death. That's it. And he said we all fall short. You're in trouble. (laughs) You're in trouble. If we get what we deserve. Look at S. The sufficiency. I love this word. The sufficiency of Christ. Is He enough? Let me tell you something. The cross of Jesus Christ and the payment that He gave and when God raised Him from the dead and He conquered death can bring you out of anything. You can be forgiven of anything. Well, Matt, no, 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 I don't think so. You don't know me. (laughs) 
you don't know me. You don't know the life that I lived. You don't know the closets that we all have in the back of our heads and our minds. You don't know this. But what I'm telling you is this. God is just. God is merciful. And He didn't send His Son to die for half of us. He sent His Son to die for all of us because for God so loved the world. Period. Everyone. That's why we see, we got some people here that are going to go, maybe, maybe one or two, that are going to go across an ocean tomorrow. And you know what they're going to do? <laughs> they're going to take this and they're going to share this with people that don't have the opportunity to have one of these. And they're going to say, you know what? I know that you're a bad person like me. <laughs> they're going to be really honest. They're going to be very relevant. They're going to say, Jesus Christ died so that you can live. I can't wait to see when they come back what God is going to do through them. You can talk about anything in your life, but if anybody, and somebody can talk about it negatively to you, but there is nothing that is more powerful than this. We don't get what we deserve. The sufficiency of Christ, it was paid in full, and it provides the bridge that we need. P, the personal response. It says, God is available for everyone, it's your choice. But we are saved by grace through our faith in Christ. What He did. Did Jesus die on, die on the cross for your sins? Here, here it is. You ready? It's a very complex answer. Did Jesus die on the cross for all of my sins? Yes. He died for more than those. He died for everything. Everything that's ever been committed. It leads us to the E. And there's an eternal urgency. Uh, in, in, in Bulgaria, in Australia, yes. How about in Texas? How about in Illinois? How about at Walmart? There's an urgency for the people around. How about for our neighbors? How about for these people, these neighbors that maybe they don't, don't, they don't go to church? There's an urgency. You know why? Because death is real, and death is really, 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 really final. That's it. L, the life transformation. Some of you, some of you, if, if you want to come up and test this theory, I will put you in contact with somebody that is not the same person as they were two years ago. And some of you know who you're going to church with, and you're like, man, he just acts different. He's not upset as much. He doesn't yell as much. He doesn't post really stupid stuff on Facebook anymore. What is going on with this guy? He's transforming. Because why? The life transformation, become a follower of Christ, results in a changed life. But we must be intentional about sharing this. I know, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you've been with Connection, you say, well, man, this is a really... Maybe this is maybe a tr more traditional look at, at what we're supposed to do. We just do this in relevant ways. <laughs> All this, it's the same thing. Share with somebody. This should be our goal right here. We must be intentional. We must be intentional and we must be willing to share what God has done in our life because that is magnetically attractive. Magnetically. Nobody can argue what God's done in your life. I want to pray for us that God can make us the tools. Dads, be the tool that God wants you to be where you are. You say, well, I'm a shovel and I'd like to be a rake. Listen, God created you to be a shovel. <laughs> be the nice, shiny shovel that He made you to be. Okay? Cultivate that ground. Dig up. Bust the clods. Lead your family. I'm going to pray for you. 
while I pray, if, you, if you've got a guy that's your husband, that's, that's, your, that's your, the dad of your children, if he's by you, if he's not by you, I just want you to close your eyes with me. I want you to pray for him. And if he's by you, hold his hand. <laughs> Man, put your arm around and love him. Listen, kids, if your dad's around you, listen, you have no understanding of how important dads are in your life. I'm very fortunate. Very, very fortunate in this life. Because I had a dad that taught me a couple things. Matt, I will never be perfect. But I know who is. And if you honor and put God first in your life, you can be that person He created you to be. Yeah, my dad sinned. Yeah, my dad fell short. But in the end, he was there on the sidelines going, come on. And when he wasn't in the sidelines, you know what he was doing? He was walking in front of me going, follow me. You, you take the guts, dads, to say, follow me with your family. I just, I'm going to guarantee you that God's going to blow your mind. He's going to blow your mind with His goodness. I saw a Facebook post after Facebook post after Facebook post. And you know what I see is the common denominator on, on these people that have dads that are involved in church? They all say it. Thank you, dad, for being involved with church. Show me who God is. This is how big your job is. You lead. God didn't call us to be wimps. God calls us to be strong men who know how to operate and pray on our knees and beg for His help. That's strength. That's meekness. That's controlled strength. So if you're, if you're by your husband, your, your, your whoever, the guy in your life, you pray for them. I'm going to pray for everybody as we, as we dismiss. God, we thank You so much. I thank you for these dads that are in here, that are working in the back, that have cleaned, that couldn't be here today because they're working hard to supply things for their family. I just ask God that as we seek what you want in our life, that you make it very, very real to us how good you are. God, help us to follow in your footsteps as the men in our house. That we have our family follow us. God, that we live a life worth following. And I thank you for this parable, this teaching about the kingdom of you, God. You seek us out. God, just teach us through your word. I thank you so much for these people. Thank you so much for letting me see their face this morning. The excitement on their face when they look into your word, God, is awesome. God, whether we go to Pizza Hut or Grandma's house, or whoever's house we go to today, or Kroger, or Walmart, may we just be glowing and be ready to share about what you've done in our life. God, for those people that I know of that are going on a mission trip, God, I ask you to put your hand around them. I ask that you wrap them. God, I just pray that the gospel of your Son, Jesus Christ, go before them and prepare hearts. God, that they may see a harvest that's unbelievable. They may see lives changed forever spiritually. In your name we pray. Amen.